Welcome to Who's Next Door, the show that digs into the drama, conflicts, and unsolved mysteries lurking on everyone's favorite neighborhood social network. I'm your host, Cheryl. And I'm your host, Jesse. We're neighbors in mid-city Los Angeles. We're also walking buddies. Come take a walk with us as we get to know the people behind the posts. Hey, Jesse. It's been a while since our last episode. What's new with you? A global pandemic? What's new with you, Cheryl? Uh, I just made some sangria. Oh, alcohol is so very, very, very important to me these days. <laughs> Jesse, it sounds like you're having a rough time. It's been an adjustment. What about you? Eh, self-isolating is kind of my normal MO. Oh my God, you're right. You work from home and you never go to restaurants. You've been preparing for this your whole life, Cheryl. <laughs> Pretty much. So Jesse, tell the people where we are. People, we are at home. But each in our own homes, not mm-hmm. together in our usual spot, Jesse's closet. I miss having you with me in this closet. Without you, it feels so spacious. <laughs> so Jesse, have you been keeping up with all the neighbors' social media posts during coronavirus? Yeah, and it seems like coronavirus and Nextdoor are having a moment together. It's like they were made for each other. Yeah, in a Chinese lab. (laughs) No, I mean because this is a time for lots of neighborly love, but also neighborly suspicion and judgment. Ooh, tell me more about that judgment. Well, take this post, for example. It's from Julio, and it's titled, Joggers, Please Be Considerate. Uh Uh-oh, people get mad at those joggers. Let's hear it, Julio. Joggers on sidewalks need to be more considerate of those who respectfully keep their distance while walking. A man ran up behind us this afternoon, and instead of slowing down or checking for cars before taking the street, he cut us off, got on a grassy patch of curbside, definitely not six feet, and jumped in front of us and kept jogging. Can I just say how incredibly rude and inconsiderate that felt? God only knows what dangerous droplets are huffing and puffing out the mouth while passing folks up on the sidewalk. Huh. How far is six feet anyway? Like, could we even take a walk together? Hmm. You know what? Why don't you come over and bring your measuring tape and we'll give it a try. Oh, you sure it's safe? Just come on over. Okay, I am walking to Jessie's house. have not seen her in person for days. Don't know what I'm going to find, what state she'll be in. Here comes Jessie. Oh, she put on lipstick. <laughs> I put it inside my measuring tape. You want to know why? Uh, no, I don't want to know why. Just stay back. Stay back. Nobody Six puts, feet. Nobody puts things back where they belong. Jesse apparently uh, cranky after all these days. I am lending Jesse my tape measure. She's going to make sure we are at the prescribed six feet away <laughs> at all times. And now we can take a walk. All right, let's take a walk. All right, so I'm we're... going to hook this onto your pants. This is like super awkward, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I want to be on the sidewalk. Let's see, the sidewalk isn't actually six feet wide. The sidewalk is five feet wide. Oh, so someone always has to walk not on the sidewalk. Yeah. This is Cheryl. Hi. Hi. Here, we can make sure that Letty's six feet away. There you go. Joe, you'll have to yell. Don't scratch the car. I'm going to scratch the car. We can come six feet to you. There we go. I okay. think this is safe. All right. So, have you been walking around a lot? Every day. I've noticed that people are a lot more friendly these days. I, I, that's how I see it. People are, fr- are saying hello and good morning where they usually don't. So, I like that. It's bringing people together in the community. 
What about the joggers? The joggers. I haven't really experienced a lot of joggers. Probably because of the time of the day I go out. I think they usually do early, early morning. Well, there's another woman. Maybe she'll let us talk to her. Have you been walking a lot? I have every day. And have people been good about keeping their distance? I would say they're like 95% of the time. Everyone's very like, kind of like chicken. It's like, who's going who's gonna to go to the street first? <laughs> yeah. But usually everyone does. And what happens the other 5% of the time? Um, They just keep walking. Like, I'll usually like jump into the grass if they don't move and stuff. Hi, Beth. How's it going? Hi, Beth. Good. We're working on our podcast. We're doing an episode on social distancing. Wait, you guys are not six feet apart. Yeah, we yeah, are. We have a We're exactly measure. six feet apart wow. because we have a tape measure. Don't you want an extra maybe eight inches? You mean we should, we should have a buffer? Yeah, no buffer. Okay, a no buffering. No buffer from the concerned neighbor. I don't like socially distant walks. Our neighborhood is too crowded to keep away from people. But is it really? I mean, we live in Los Angeles sprawl. It's not so dense here as it is in other cities, right? But we still have to step into the street to avoid people. And not everyone is even following the rules. Ah, so it's the rule breakers you don't like. It's not just me. I found this post titled, How to Report Social Distancing Violations. Someone named Story writes, after two disturbing hikes at Griffith Observatory, where I observed almost no one adhering to social distancing, I feel like information on how to report violations could be helpful. The public can report violations by calling the County Public Health Officer at 888-700-9995 between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. That sounds like narking, or what is now referred to as socially distinct what did Story's neighbors think about this post anyways? Well, Kristen wrote, this suggestion gives me creepy 1984 vibes. Well, maybe if Big Brother put you on hold for 30 minutes. Any other comments? Ryan wrote, I have a simple solution for you. Don't go hiking in one of the top three hiking spots in L.A. on the weekend and expect things to be chill. Find somewhere else. It isn't hard. Ryan's not wrong. That's why most of these trails were closed down. But now they're opening again. Maybe you should talk to Story and get the scoop. Okay, I'm getting out my scooper. Hi, Story. Thank you for speaking with me. Sure. You posted that you went hiking twice at Griffith Observatory, and you saw no one adhering to social distancing. Could you please describe what you saw? Yes, it was frightening. Um, I saw groups of people meeting up. I saw I saw meetups where people just really didn't know each other, meeting up to go on a hike and then hiking, you know, within six inches from each other. What was most startling was at the top of the hike, there was actually uh, a group of boys and it looked like their, their friends that started a, a sparring ring and they were boxing with gloves and their friends were crowded onto a bench, sitting shoulder to shoulder, like cheering them on, and people standing around watching. And it actually got to the point where I, we couldn't even go to the the peak because it was it was there was a crowd. Did you take any action when you saw people hiking too close to each other? Um, a few times I I said you know like whoa you know kind of like give me space or or I just like removed myself. What did you think of the complaint on the thread that this was Big Brother or it was overreaching to suggest reporting violations? Now, I didn't respond to those comments because I didn't want to spend my day fighting with Internet trolls. 
but the the purpose was not I'm going to call the police on you because I see you're you know you you came out here on a meetup and you're not six feet away. That wasn't the point. And I think people kind of just take what they want to hear and run with it. The purpose was Griffith Park is becoming a problem. Santa Monica is becoming a problem, and they're not going to know that. Let me just get this clear. Story came across a fight club at the peak of Griffith Park. Yes, and then she violated the first rule of Fight Club, which is don't talk about the peak of Griffith Park Fight Club. (laughs) But she has a point that some places are just too crowded. True, but the danger isn't just crowding. I read an article that said you're more likely to transmit the virus indoors than outdoors. Yeah, and people are calling each other out on social media for having maid service during the pandemic. A woman named Ayala wrote, what are you all doing regarding your housekeeper? Are you still having them come, especially those who take the bus? Ooh, bus riding housekeepers. That's code for something controversial. Did anyone respond? Yeah, Eric wrote, a housekeeper is a non-essential service. As such, they, like the rest of us, should stay home. Do you think Eric's trying to protect the housekeepers, or is he blaming them? I think he's actually calling out their employers for being unsafe and spoiled. Are you sure? Maybe you should call Eric and find out. All right, I'll do it. So you don't think people should have housekeepers come to their house during the coronavirus pandemic? Well, you know, at 54 years old, I have had housekeepers in my day, and I would say it's not an essential service. Like, I've both had them and not had them. And there are maybe the rare, rare occasion that someone might like to have. I think there was one person in particular that said, oh, like, like my my floor's washed and my my clothes folded and I have arthritis and this is a convenience for me. Well, it's exactly as it's convenience. It's not a necessity. You don't have to have your clothes folded, especially if you're sitting around your home because you can't go anywhere. What if someone's elderly or disabled? You know, I have elderly parents um, and my dad is severely disabled, so they are not able to do much around their homes, but they also appreciate the nature of what's going on and they are respecting the rule of law and the fact that they might be putting other people in danger. Unless you're going to monitor this person coming into your home and that person's every move and that you know 100% that that person has not been put at risk for exposure, why would you take that risk? Especially if you are then disabled and you might actually be at higher risk, why would you do that for the sake of Mm -hmm. convenience or having your floor scrubbed or having your clothes folded? Should people employ housekeepers even when there's not a pandemic? Oh, I think it's to each is his or her own. I, I mean, in the past, I've done it when I've been super busy, but I actually prefer to do all my own stuff. Like, I don't employ service, like any sort of service worker to do anything around the house unless it's like an electrician or a plumber. I do everything on my own. I'm a, I'm sort of a, a renaissance man in that sense, as I'm very capable of doing all these things on my own. And in fact, I like getting my hands in and dirty and taking care of my own business. The panic that we're seeing everywhere, and it even boils down to sort of the question of the maid and inconvenience of whether or not you can have a maid during this time, has to do with people just want to live in denial that things are as bad as they are. So it's like, oh, if I have my maid coming every week, then everything must be okay. I think that's really what it boils down to is more, oh, it's just my normal life. I can avoid thinking about what's going on out there. I can just, you know, pretend that everything's fine in my own little oasis. never have maid service. That's normal for me. 
I've noticed, <laughs> but, <laughs> but for the record, for all our listeners, I'm also not having a housekeeper these days. So your house is dirty. Well, I mean, a little, but we've been making the children clean it now. Ooh, maybe your children can come clean my house too. Maybe one day. We'll see how bad the economy gets. <laughs> if the economy gets worse, I'm hiding in my bunker. I think things could get scary. But people aren't all that bad. There's been some cool neighborly sharing these days. Like sharing viruses? <laughs> no, sharing supplies. Like this post by Karin called, Do You Need Toilet Paper? She wrote, I placed an Office Depot order for toilet paper and paper towels last week, but the order was canceled for lack of stock. Luckily, I was able to get some with a grocery delivery on Sunday. Surprisingly, the Office Depot order arrived today. It's way more than I need, so I'd like to share it with those in need. If you or someone you know needs toilet paper or paper towels, please reach out. Oh, Karen's very generous. But how can she tell if somebody really needs toilet paper isn't just going to turn around and sell it? Geez, you always go to the dark place, Cheryl. <laughs> like the bunker. Yeah. I'll give Karin a call to prove people are good. So I'm going to jump right in, Karin, and ask you a few questions. Did you, did you put it on next door? How many people reached out to you asking for toilet paper? I probably got about 10 direct messages, and then there was a bunch of people in the comments. And I sort of just did first come, first serve, um, but obviously it was important to me that it was people that sort of needed it and that, you know, it was not like I was going to audit them, but, you know, I had some, some pretty kind of heart-wrenching stories come through. And it was all gone within a few hours. I mean, people are pretty desperate. Wow. So, Where did you end up donating the toilet paper? The first woman that asked for some, she actually drove from Northridge um, because her her grandmother, her, her son's great-grandmother, was 92 years old and was down to her, her last role and had spent all week going back and forth to different grocery stores trying to find some. So she was quite desperate. And the next one was a woman who runs a local sober living house um, in the neighborhood, and she said she has a couple of elderly uh, residents who, again, mm -hmm down to their last few roles and, and in a more vulnerable age group. Um, and they were getting really nervous about what they were going to do. They're not supposed to leave the house and, and obviously finances were an issue. And then the last person um, was a woman that is a single mom and is immunocompromised. Uh, and um, she's absolutely not leaving her house. So she direct messaged me and said, you know, I'd love to have it, but I can't leave my house. So I just dropped it off for her. And she's only, you know, a mile away. And even her house, she had a big sign on the front door saying, do not knock, do not come here. I, I'm immunocompromised. Um, so I just left it on her front doorstep. So it's un unbelievably easy to just do something very, very simple for someone and, and make them have a little bit of peace of mind for, for the imme immediate future. Fine, Jesse, you're right. There are still good people out there, even during a global pandemic. Yes, there are. And yet, don't you kind of hate the people that are winning at quarantine? <laughs> what do you mean winning at quarantine? You know, people who put pictures on social media showing their perfect backyards with their perfect swimming pools while they do family yoga and their kids make art all day and never touch an iPad. And if they do, they wear those like 
iPad glasses, and then they bake bagels from scratch, and they order Russ and Daughters from New York for Mother's Day, and Island ordered Wexlers, which is obviously great, but local. Jesse, Jesse, you're kind of losing it. You think? I've been self-isolating for eight weeks. Okay. Want to come over for some socially distant sangria? I think it'll help. Yes. I just need to put on some pants. Who's Next Door is brought to you by Jesse Liner Vos and Cheryl Zone. Music by Noam Liner Vos. Graphics by Sasha Kuttner. Learn more at www.whosnextdoorpodcast.com.